goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to one more episode of the Data Transformers podcast. This is part two of our discussion with Kevin Ladwig. Kevin, so I want to go uh, towards Kevin as a person, right? Mm-hmm. The second, next section. So you are a computer science graduate, and yeah. then you've been an architect, as you, as you said in the past, right? So mm-hmm. you love the architecture piece of solution, architecture piece of it. Mm-hmm. Now you, you are a data governance, data management, you know, expert consultant and driving those things. How did that transition happen from a, somebody who graduated with a computer science, you're expected to be deep technical guy. So what happened? I know that sometimes I wonder myself, you know, where did life go? You know, you know, what the heck? You know, it was interesting. I was doing some, uh, I don't know, risk and compliance stuff for a company. And then I got a, a small firm out of the East, uh, the East Northeast asked me to do data governance. And I'm like, I never even thought of data governance. What are you talking about? So, you know, being a, you know, kind of like a student like yourselves, you know, it's like a student of the, whatever industry you're in. I went and bought some books, right? Like one on data quality. That's why I like Lawson and a few others. And, 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 that became that became my beachhead for awareness, if you will, of what I needed to do. And my first project was standing up enterprise information management. And in that, I can't correlated this thing of, and I became passionate about it. It's like the enterprise information management has three legs in this, in, on, on the stool. One leg is data quality. The other is data sensitivity. The other is master data management. Mm. If I had to say, come in and stand up data governance to support my practice, my EIM, I'd focus on those three legs of the stool out of the gate. Just the way it is. And then on top of that stool, those three legs, I'd have the data governance framework, which would include my stewardship and all that stuff. So that's the way I think. And I built that stool in my mind and I built that at that large company mm-hmm. and I built it around that ad car model that I talked about. And that was kind of where I, that was my first foray into this kind of stuff. It wasn't what I really planned on. It was just mm-hmm. an event that happened to trigger that I took as an opportunity to I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with it. I just thought it was, I guess, even back then, I was always thinking about enterprise change. So when I heard data governance, data management, I was still thinking enterprise change. That's the way I was wired, Mm. right? So when I jumped in, I go, man, this isn't really enterprise change. It's still just data. How do I I evolve it over time? And now I'm starting to see it evolve over time. It's not just data. It's everything, you know? Yeah. Data is part of the bigger enterprise change as well. And I actually kind of understand understand where you're coming from, Kevin. People, I think, are kind of thrown into the world of data governance um, and like you fall in love with with it and all the, all the work mm-hmm. that's involved. Um, can you talk about some of the, you know, other, other places that you worked at? You and I actually have some overlaps in our resume and especially in terms of um, S&P Global, uh, a rating agency and um, yeah. you were there consulting um, 
and then I think you were also at AIG, um, yeah. insurance company as well. I mean, those are, these are completely different industries uh, that right. you've seen in terms of, you know, their data maturity, um, you know, what, yeah. any, any insights you can, you can share yeah. from those. What's interesting is like at one of those that you spoke about, it's all, it was all about master data. How do I make master data more, more, how can I say it? Uh, not a centralized hub of master data, but a centralized view. Sometimes we get into that battle of, do I want centralized master data or a centralized view of master data, mm. right? So that was one of those with one of those customers. The other one was all about a data lake. Help me govern the data lake. What metadata, and this is really tricky. This is the thing we struggle with today is what made it, metadata should be in the lake so my data scientists don't have to leave the lake. That's a great question nowadays, right? Do I leave the data lake to go look in Calibra or Elation or some other product to figure out all that lineage and what's there? That's the tough part. So we're starting to see the data lake mature in terms of, well, there has to be some metadata out there associated with some of these records. Otherwise, I don't know what to do with it. It could be operational metadata, right? It could be a lot of different things. So we're starting to see the data lake evolve, not just a bunch of lineage, but some metadata in the lake. So if I'm perusing that lake, I don't have to go outside the lake. I can fish within the lake. I don't have to go to another area, if that makes sense, which I think is kind of fun nowadays. So I got one customer... That's what we're doing is building that metadata empire in which you don't have to leave the lake. It's a catch-22. In some cases, that's a lot of overhead, right? So. That's a good point. Yeah, all these like bodies of land that we're talking about, a lake. And, and then also, I'm hearing the yeah. cloud, right? Everyone is talking about the cloud and you know yeah. the recent news about IBM spinning off into two companies and focusing on... The, the cloud, um, yes. that's also a huge challenge, I think, for, for data governance as well. What are your, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, it is. I, I think, I don't think that has been, that dilemma has not been totally solution that people feel comfortable with that risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people don't want their, it's be, let's be honest. I, sometimes people say, well, it's only metadata. I don't care if it's in the cloud. Well, the fact that you know that my data exists somewhere down below and it may be only metadata, I don't think you should know that. That's the scary part. Yep. It's almost like giving somebody to get access to that metadata in the cloud, if you will, that gives them a blueprint of how my enterprise is run. I don't know if that's a good thing sometimes. It, it, it's scary. I, I, I won't say it's bad, but I just don't. I think that's something we have to overcome. I don't know if there's a perfect answer. You just got to be very precise in what you put as metadata up in the cloud. And if, you're, if your goal is to tell a story, uh, how can I say it? Does everybody have a right to know? It's at least privileged. Do they need to know that that PII is, you know, in a certain location? That's the part you're trying to protect is where does that all reside, right? So I don't know. The metadata and security is a, is, a, is a tough one. I don't have the perfect answer for that one. You just got to put in a lot of controls. Who has access? What permissions do they see? You have to test those controls all the time because that's really it, right? You know, and you're going to have to use a lot of role-based access. You really are. You got to set up roles and assign people those roles. No, 
no assigning people to data sets, or I should say metadata, right? It's roles, and then you can, you know, govern a little bit more effectively. Yeah. So Kevin, as, as uh, I mean, uh, you and Peggy cross paths in different industries, different companies, actually, um, you've been acquiring knowledge in data management, data governance. If you were to give an advice uh, to somebody, right? So who so initially your break came because somebody asked you to do the data governance, right? But somebody, yeah. let's say, wants to go into data governance, wants data, uh, go into data management piece of it from wherever they are. Uh, can you give some advice on um, either courses they should take or books they should read or conferences they should attend, you know, things that you could share? Yeah, I, I love dataversity. I always have. I love the Dembok. I think it's a wonderful tool. I love the, the open source data management kind of, you know, maturity assessments. If you understand that assessment, it gives you an understanding of what you need to know and where to go mm -hmm. or the way to take your customers or even your company or the people you work with. Um, that's pretty much it for me. That's kind of are what I think. Are there any certifications that are important that will help them in the career? Oh yeah, I like well, obviously the, you know that you know the Dembox certifications. I you know that's probably. How about the, the most, CDMP? Is that I think yeah the CDM yeah the CDMP. I mean yeah, yeah. Oh, you meant the CDMP uh, certification? Yes, when I did yeah 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 the CDMP certifications. Yeah, the foundation, and then you can probably take you know the specialty ones that they act that they offer. You know to be more more stronger area you'd like to playing in whether it be quality or metadata management or whatever. But I would take those certifications. Yeah, for sure. I got I got a couple of those. Are there any stuff. conferences that you would suggest people should go to? EDW. I love that EDW. one. Okay. That's yeah, that's, yeah. That's Enterprise Data one. World. Yeah. That's a yeah. I think Peggy, you speak at that one, don't you? No, not yet. Yeah, I actually would love mm -hmm. the opportunity, hint hint. To, to speak at Enterprise Data World. I actually submitted a proposal uh, ah. to speak there, yeah. And there yeah, are some DG-specific conferences as well. I think there's the MDM-specific conferences as well. So there, yeah. Yeah, and this, I don't know what that stuff, the conferences are going to be like after this pandemic stuff is over with. Are we ever going to go back to yeah, I know. that? I don't know. You know. That's actually a good point, Kevin. I love your opinion on this. And I talk about mm -hmm. this with my other people in my network is, how has the pandemic affected the way people operate and run data governance? Do you think hasn't people are it's the same, or do you think there's a greater emphasis now on digital? So governance is more important because of COVID. Like, what are your? Wow, good question. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. I don't know a higher emphasis. I just think it's changed the way we communicate so much, you know, online, but I, it, I don't think it's really increased the emphasis of, of data governance. I, I, I think it's still about, about the same. Yeah. But what about um, on the other side, like, um, you know, budgets have certainly been affected uh, because of COVID. Um, that part, yeah. The priorities of companies um, spending on, on data governance. What have you seen any, um, shifts or reductions yeah they um, put it on hold i know a lot of them i mean i've had a few projects put on hold until next year after the dust settles for you know interesting tool implementations right you know like if you want to do an informatica edc 
you know, implementation or axon implementation. I'm sorry, what, what is EDC implementation? So I'm not familiar. Uh, it's Informatica's, you know, um, enterprise oh, data catalog. Okay, I see what he's saying. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I love that catalog just because, yes. you know, it's trying to be, I don't know, a little bit of AI machine learning and do some stitching for you. It's pretty fun. Yeah, so uh, going into that area, you brought up the AI mm-hmm. machine learning. So uh, there's a lot of investment going into AI. I mean, you know that and lots of people yeah. are getting trained, lots of courses are coming online. Mm-hmm. So how has this artificial intelligence and machine learning focus, analytics focus, changed the data governance and data management world? Wow, that's a good one. I can see if you're gonna do machine learning, right? A lot of the machine learning is based on some kind of model, really, pretty much, right? And then, so you, if in the governance side, you want to track those kind of models and know that they exist, right? So in the governance side, for me, I'm inventorying those machine learning models. Mm. And uh, that's pretty much what I would use it for, for the governance standpoint. I would say, who's, who's doing what for machine learning? What models have they written? You know, what language did they write them in? Where is that? And, and what data are they using? Sorry, uh, I've seen this other term, AI data governance. I mean, is it real or somebody just putting it out there to see if it sticks? Yeah, that may be, that's an interesting one. I don't know what that would be because sometimes when you say AI data governance, you're talking about touch points of humans, right? As they're doing these touch points. And then I start peeking, are you really talking about uh, robotic process automation? And you know what I mean? They start blurring robotics and AI a little bit, you know? It'd yeah. be kind of funny. So that's a tough one. I'd like to see that one. I mean, I've certainly seen a lot of creative marketing messages where they want to use the buzzwords like AI machine learning. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I like to see the results, right? How does it actually help and quicken the, the time for value? And how does it help, you know, the yeah. stewards? I mean, I used to be a data steward. So mm. I love to see how a lot of the manual things that I used to do be helped, you know, by um, AI machine learning. So there's a lot of, I think a lot of changes that I've seen in um, data governance. Um, you know, going back to one of your earlier points, Ramesh, um, data governance, and I agree, was traditionally known as, you know, the bot, the stopgap, right? They're the police in terms of internally of, it kills all innovation. It kill, yeah. kills, <laughs> It kills the delivery time because data governance is always there to kind of um, make sure that there's everything's fully documented and all the procedures are done and everyone agrees. So, I mean, Kevin, how what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, oh, here's here's the thing. Because you're coming you know, as a consultant too, which is even a yeah. more bigger challenge than bigger a, challenge. an employee yeah. to, talking about data governance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, in IT, we had this thing we call the configuration or the CMDB. Well, what is our what is our data governance tool? It's just an extension of that CMDB. So if I'm going to close the circle of life and issues and projects when I'm updating the CMDB and whatever tool it may be, Salesforce, whatever, I'm also going to go back and close the loop in my data governance tool. So that's kind of what I, I, I would say to that. Hmm. Yeah. So in the final phase of the discussion, Kevin, so we talked about the, the state of data governance and then how it's evolving. 
maybe one of the things, I mean, a couple of things you may want to touch upon, knowing I mean, where we are and how things are evolving, what are the best practices from a data governance and data management perspective? That's one question. And then secondly, what are the trends that you see as well? So one is the best practices and the second one is the future trends. Okay, best practices. Oh, we could always be we could always be humorous to the audience. Start small, do a small use case. <laughs> right. You could always say that, right? That's great. I, and that's what they always do, right? But I would say this: if it were me, I'd walk in and I'd say, if I want to understand the landscape and what I have to govern, I'd focus on my top ten reports. Just let's line them up. Who? Where are the top ten reports? Are they financial? Are they regulatory? What are the top ten? Let's go. Mm. And then I'd build my governance organization my identification of data elements, my data quality rules, my data quality checks, all around that. Mm. That's it, I wouldn't do anything else. Because I get so many people going to, uh, here's what always frustrates me. I'm, you'll, pe people won't come in and start with the report level, they start with, uh, can, I need to go find all the critical data elements. Well, that's a loaded question. I see. There's thousands of those, depends on your opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's start with the critical reports and then I can kind of, you know, live within maybe 50, 60 critical data elements. I can govern and get things up and I'm managing what matters. That's, That's good. Do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And trends. And then, Ooh, trends. Are you seeing uh, much more distributed data governance? Uh, the, the reason I'm asking about the trends is right uh, because of the question that Peggy put forward. Right. In the past, there is a baggage associated with it. And then professionals themselves, they want to evolve from data governance to, you know, the monetization or a value or in a different perspective, right? Uh, that's, are you seeing any of those trends? Yeah, I'm, uh, I have one customer that really wants to be centralized, centralized hub and distributed around the perimeter. And that, that works. And I guess in, in that same kind of light, you have to have your experts in the data governance office, not a very big office because all the responsibilities are really out in the data stewardship office, right? They're doing their day to day. They're doing all that stuff. The data governance office got their awareness and their skills and all that stuff's running. So I'm starting to see the data governance kind of trend to be maybe a tool jockey, I'll call them. If you're a Calibra shop, Axon shop, Alation, I got my experts in my data governance office to help make sure that I can support what's happening out in the field. So you can look at the data governance office becoming the, uh, the, the expertise to provide input to the wheel that is already in motion called the stewardship office. And, that, and that's what I see happening. So some would call that hub and spoke or whatever, but in reality, if I had to stand up a data governance office, I'd come in, I'd be the data governance lead, if you will. I'd bring on whatever tool I'm using to be the expert on that tool from, a, from an analyst side, not a technology side, right? Just Maybe the person knows how to drive it. Let's configure it to reflect the business. And that's what I would do. I may have a change manager or something or someone that's, that's, uh, that's a dotted line to that data governance organization in charge of curation, meaning data quality. They would be part of my, my, my working capital, mental capital to help make sure my governance team is working efficiently. And then uh, that would kind of be what, what I would see hmm. or what I see happening anyways is they want the data governance office small so they can justify its existence because you don't want seven people in there, right? right? You have to federate it out, but teach them how to fish, you know, and have a training program that's repeatable. And, and Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for your time today. And I 
really appreciate you sharing with the audience a lot of your knowledge on how to implement data governance programs and really going into the detail on that. So appreciate that, Kevin. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.